Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I want to tell you that guests and Oilers now receive guest certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. They're celebrating Valentine's Week until tomorrow, February 15th at Roos Chris. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. Follow the sizzle to 9990 Jasper Avenue and tell Chris and Chef Eltoff that Oilers now sent you. Brendan Escott has something to tell you. Oh, yeah. It's the Share the Love Valentine's Day promotion. We're giving Share the love. We're sharing the love here wow. on February sharing 14th. The love. Got another one coming up for you at 135. But right now, I want to uh, pass along a message from Stephen, who says, I'm wishing my beautiful wife, Maddie, a happy Valentine's Day. She takes care of our beautiful baby boys while I work away and lets me listen to Bob at noon every day when I'm home. Again, from Stephen. So we appreciate that. Stephen actually and uh, and his wife Maddie will enjoy a $100 gift card to Roos Chris Steakhouse as well as a $50 gift card to Bunches Flowers, Bob. Why didn't I get that gift card? You know what I told my wife? Hey, honey, can we make, can we make uh, February 15th Valentine's Day? No, just kidding. You can text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line 780-496-0063. We got a run on Calgary numbers coming in right now. Something happening down there? Has there been a blockbuster? Is trying to win a contest? Yeah, it's it's not a it's contest. Too late. <laughs> uh, they, yeah, or they got they must have one going on right now as we speak. Uh, there you go. Let's do this. Uh, see, we have a show that runs uh, the Shake Adam Show runs in Edmonton and in Calgary, so sometimes we get their numbers as well. I want to read this text uh, from Stony. Love him or hate him, Stony says Bob uh, Carolina Brent Burns thirty three percent was retained in that deal. Uh, uh, he's saying 1.84, or is he saying 8.4 million over three seasons? Uh, so San Jose ended up getting Stephen Lorenz, uh, McAniemi, and a third-round pick. Burns has been a better player two of the last three seasons, and Eric Carlson. Bob Chikrin is the answer. He is this year's Lindholm with a higher ceiling considering his age. Time to swing the bat, Bob. That one comes to us from Stoney. Well, the man that knows about all the numbers uh, makes regular appearances on this show. He has a, a website, and his Twitter handle says, Puckpedia, the ultimate source for hockey fans and pros with NHL salary cap info contracts, basic and advanced stats, injury and news feeds, home of the agent leaderboard. And he is our Oilers Now headliner today for Will Hawk Beef Jerky, who's as interested as Trent Will Hawk as anybody on uh, the NHL trade rumors that are out there right now. Will Hawk Beef Jerky, it's the best you've ever tasted. Search for Will Hawk, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. And we welcome back to the show, Hart uh, Levine. Hello, Hart. How you doing? I'm doing great. Happy to spend Valentine's Day with you. Nothing says Valentine's Day more than appearing on Oilers now, let me tell you. That's right. Yeah. All right. Uh, first of all, uh, let's get to the you know the news of the day involving the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, a little bit of a surprise today, maybe. 
in terms of Devin Shore being recalled. One, so he was placed on waivers on Sunday, which was missed by some of the regular guys out there that sort of uh, released that sort of information via Twitter. He cleared yesterday at noon, was assigned to Bakersfield, and subsequently has been reassigned. Now, you can perhaps explain, uh, he doesn't need to clear waivers again, right? Correct. So once, if a, a player that needs waivers, once they clear, they don't need waivers again until they've either played 10 NHL games since they cleared or they've been on the NHL roster for 30 cumulative days. So like this today now, if he's on the roster today for cap purposes, that's, that's one day. And if he goes down tomorrow, it would still just be one day. So it's until they get to 30 combined days on the roster or 10 games. And so neither like, is relevant for the trade deadline stuff now. I don't think any teams have uh, up to 10 games left, and it's less than 30 days. So anyone that clears waivers now would be waiver exempt through the trade deadline. Okay. Uh, were you surprised that Kyra Yamamoto was on the ice today for Edmonton? He's skated the last several days. Uh, he's been on LTIR. Um, he is now eligible to return at any time. Are you surprised the Oilers didn't place anybody on waivers today? Yeah, I was quite surprised. Um, so to me, that tells that tells me that either there's a trade or Yamamoto's maybe not ready officially to come back yet for another day or two, or maybe there's um, some new guys going to LTIR and not just Costin, uh, potentially. Um, so, yeah, it's... It, there's, some, there's another shoe to drop for sure, so I'm curious to see what it is. Yeah, uh, and we will mention that Clem Costin skated today and gutted it out and skated after he careened in Laborde Saturday in Ottawa, did not play against Montreal. Uh, Leon Dreisettle, nor Evander Kane skated today. Jay Woodcroft, we're going to run the audio a little bit later on here. Jay Woodcroft has already stated that he that, that those were maintenance days for both players. He expects them in against the uh, Detroit Red Wings tomorrow night. So that to me is interesting, which I guess when that happens, the most likely scenario is maybe Yamamoto doesn't play tomorrow. I mean, that's that's the only you look at it, and that kind of is the highest probability of what might occur here. Yeah, or maybe they're creative with a potential trade for Puliyarvi or someone like that, right? I mean, there's there's other options, but they'd have to have the cap space cleared tomorrow. Um, by by uh, 5 p.m. Eastern in order to activate Yamamoto. So there's there's a couple options, but yeah, it's it's you start to wonder. I mean, one thing is if Costin is bound for LTIR, um, that that still doesn't give enough space to activate Yamamoto. But they could be compliant by sending anyone else down. It doesn't have to be like a, a large cap hit guy. So just throwing it out there, like. They could potentially, if Costin is going on LTIR tomorrow, they could send Shore down and they could send someone that does not need waivers down, like a, a Holloway. Again, I think that's unlikely, but that would be a path to get Yamamoto uh, activated tomorrow if Costin's on LTIR. We should point out, though, like for LTIR, you need a doctor to sign that the player is going to be out for the equivalent of either 10 games or, or and 24 days on the roster. So whether that's or 24 days. So that's either 24 days or if the 10 games could stretch longer, like a doctor has to sign off that it's going to take that long. So you can't just, you know, maybe team, it seems like teams manipulate it, but there's still a, a doctor kind of putting their license on the line to certify it. So if Costin is really not going to be out that long, you know, that's not necessarily an option. Yeah, it's, it is a little bit interesting that this is, a, again, to me, the most likely scenario is they just delay activating Yamamoto. Like, and maybe I mean maybe there is a trade that's being worked on. When when the general manager makes references on 
every sort of platform that he does, and I referenced a bunch of them before the 1230 News and says money in, money out. It's money in, money out. And that's why we've got you on here, Hart. I think you, you can maybe help educate our listeners because you follow the stuff on a day-to-day basis with Puckpedia. There's 17 teams in LTIR right now. That's. Do you know how many trades have been made this year? Uh, there's only, I think, two or three of three of significance, right? What would you say has been significant so far? The Tarasenko uh, yes. trade. Um, the Horvat trade. Horvat trade, yeah. And was there something else earlier? I think there was like a minor trade earlier. Like, right? Does the cost cost Samarukov trade count? Sure. Let's add that. That's to the probably sure. been uh, Ryan Reeves was traded to Minnesota by the Rangers. Yeah, here I'll pull it up. Yeah, we got that one too. And we had oh Magna. We had Jason, Jacob Magna, who, by the way, really helped Eric Carlson this year. And we had Ryan Merkley um, and Jacob McDonald as well. As well. So we've had a few small ones. Okay, so you could make an argument based on that that the team that's been impacted the most. In the Western Conference, by a trade, has been the Oilers by getting cost in for nothing. For sure, yeah, you definitely. could make that. Yeah. You could, and so, there'll be listeners. Ah, oh, Stauffer, you got your Oilers colored 3D beer goggles on. Well, you know what? Like the Islanders stepped up and got Horvat. Okay, that is, you know, Vancouver. That's they're they're waving a little bit of the white flag when they make that trade, uh, and then they signed Horvat. The the Blues, you know, doing the deal that they did. For a guy, Sammy Blaze, that hadn't scored all year with the Rangers uh, and moving Tarasenko there, they're, they're kind of waving the white flag. So the, the actual trade that's had, an, I mean, Costin has given the Oilers an option as a third-line left wing. They probably need to look at getting them signed here at some point. So it's going to be an interesting one. All right, 17 teams in LTIR. Does money in, money out make sense, or is that a cop-out from a manager? What do you think? Well, it, it really depends on the team. Like you look at a team like Vegas, you know, if you pull them up on cap or on, uh, if you look up the cap situation on Fox TV right now, they have $4,000 of cap space, but they have the ace in the hole. They could put Mark Stone on LTIR and get nine and a half million. Right. So it all depends on the team specific situation. I mean, the Oilers, you know, show they have 1.1 million of cap space, but they need to activate Yamamoto and they'll end up with basically zero cap space. So it's, it's really depends on the team. It's certainly like an LTIR team. There's, there's a lot of disadvantages. One advantage though, is like, for example, for the Oilers, if they found a deal that they liked, there's no reason for them. They don't need to wait until the trade deadline because cap space doesn't occur. Right. So if there's a, a seller that's antsy and wants to pull the trigger right now, an LTIR team like the Oilers, they, they can go ahead and do it. Whereas, like, a team that needs to accrue cap space, let's say the, a, a team trying to accrue cap space to get a Patrick Kane, for example, they can't do a deal now. They need all those days to, to build up and accrue the cap space to the deadline. So, yeah, there's there's some pros and cons. But, I mean, there are some, like, good teams that have a lot of cap space to work with. Like, we, we've obviously talked about Vegas, Carolina. But, you know, someone like Winnipeg, I mean, they have a lot of cap space that they can add. Um, you know, you talk about a, a kind of a bubble team, maybe like Buffalo, but uh, they have the most cap space in the league, right? So there's there's some teams, and we saw um, last summer, like the the advantage of having cap space, Carolina acquired Pacioretty and Burns for basically nothing, right? I think they, in the Burns trade, they gave up Laurent. So, you know, cap space is super valuable, and, and teams, they have to use it, um, you know, to get the most out of it. 
Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. You put out a whole list yesterday because we talked about, you know, what San Jose would need to do to retain. I think I mentioned when the orders were in Los Angeles, actually, is when I talked about Carlson the first time and said that I'd heard that they, they didn't want to retain more, maybe more than 18%. They were looking for uh, three number ones uh, or, you know, prior number ones or current number ones. And Mark Spector wrote a piece yesterday on the Eric Carlson situation and why, you know, in theory, yeah, you can maybe make it happen, but why it's going to be challenging. Maybe educate, if you can, everybody, on how how many players have had, uh, how many teams have retained money for more than two years north of $3 million on a player in the NHL? Um, for more than more, more than, than yeah, two years, more than two, uh, two or more years north of three million. Anybody? Two or more? Uh, never. Never. It's never happened. The closest we have is Burns. They retained two point six four million for three years. Yep. And then the next for multiple years, the next biggest was Jeff Carter. He was traded before the deadline, and he had one year left after that, and that was two point six four million. Um, so we've never had, yeah, we've never had over three million for more than two years. Um, the longest, the longest ones too that we've had are Ekman Larson. Six, it was six years at nine hundred ninety thousand, and then Lucic was four years at seven hundred fifty thousand. So it just shows that if there's a Carlson trade with three million plus retained, it's like unprecedented. It has not happened. Doesn't mean it's not going to happen. It, it there's lots of arguments why San Jose, you know. Uh, the start of the year, that contract seemed completely untradeable, and now they're in a position where they could get a real return for it. Who knows what happens next year, right? So there's a real argument why they should do it, and even if they have to retain 50%. You, you just you know, said something we're, we're, really interesting there. <laughs> it was an untradeable contract at the start right. of the year. It was and he's killing it. He's having and now an he's unbelievable year. Yeah, multiple, multiple AA assets, and, but you never know what could happen next year, right? So... From their perspective, you can make an argument why, hell, they should retain 50%. But, again, if they did that or retained even 40%, it, it would be unprecedented. We haven't seen it. So it, it, we're in interesting times. Oh, yeah. Sure. No, no. It's it's uh, it's crazy that this has gone on. Let me ask, do the agents reach out to you when you're, when you're uh, putting yeah, this? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, they would. They want to know. You know, they see that all the trade rumors and stuff too. Like, they want to know where guys are going. They they hear things. You know, it's been interesting. The guys that have been scratched for trade related reasons just start all of a sudden. Everyone starts working the phones to find out if there's a deal done or what they're doing. And from what I've heard, it's basically they're putting those guys in bubble wrap because they don't want to mess up. Uh, their trade deadline plans, but there's nothing happening like this minute. So, yeah, it's interesting. And the and some of these guys too, they're you know the the agents and the players have a lot of leverage if they're UFAs or you know even like Keith Meyer, kind of like a, a UFA with his uh, qualifying offer. They hold a lot of the cards, and so they're really involved in the trade discussions more than people would think. Like they're telling the GM, you know, basically where they would go. They're getting permission at times to talk to teams and see if there's a framework for a deal. You know, like, I, I like look at the Horvat trade. I mean, I think that I don't think a deal was done completely, but obviously they knew there was a framework. Um, and so, like, that's the part of why the Islanders pulled the trigger. But because the deal wasn't completely done, then the agent has the team exactly where they want them, right? Um, so that's some of the dynamic, too. Does the agent agree to the terms completely before the trade is consummated? Or do they say, yeah, I think we'd be close, but not actually commit to anything, and then they can – you know, extract that leverage for, for a little bit more. Yeah, I don't know if the players have quite as much power as the NBA, 
And you know what? We go to watch the players. Like, that's, you know, I, I'm not going to be a hypocrite. I hate the fact that in the NFL, they give the Lombardi trophy to the owner. I love that in the National Hockey League, the players get the Stanley Cup given to the captain. That's awesome. But all that being said, you know, it is, it's pretty, so now I'm going to put you on the spot here. Hart Levine joining us right now from Puckpedia. Which contract's more valuable? The Chikrin contract or the Carlson contract? Which which contract makes more sense for an NHL team? Um, well, I think the performance like for this season, I mean, what Carlson performing better than any any other NHL defenseman. But if you try to like factor in, you know, what to expect over the rest of the contract and the the age curves and all that stuff, I would think that the return that you get on the, the cap dollars for Chickering is higher because you got to factor in Carlson getting to age 32, 33, 34, 35. And at a $11.5 million cap hit, he's got to perform really, really high. I mean, he's got to perform like, you know, almost two and a half times as good as Chickering. So, um, but it, once it, that's why I think the retention is so key with, with Carlson. You start to bring that down to like a $7 million cap hit. Uh, I, I think that Carlson contract at seven million is probably more valuable because that's the other thing is like let's say a team acquires Carlson at seven million and he's in two years he's not a hundred point defenseman but he's a sixty point defenseman. Well, if you got a sixty point defenseman at a seven million dollar cap it, you you then the team that has them trades them in half. What's he worth at with three and a half million dollar cap it? Like that's a super tradable player with positive trade value, right? So there's obviously more some more risk with Carlson, but if you get him at like seven million, I think that you're in pretty good shape. If you get him at like nine, ten million, now again he's got to perform at a at a, at a pretty high level. Um, whereas Chikrin at four point six, I mean, you know he's probably he's worth a bit more than that now. I don't think he's like a seventy million dollar defenseman, but he's probably worth a bit more than four point six. So if he you know, is injured or regresses a little bit, you know, it's like maybe you don't, it's not a value, but it's not, that contract's never going to be bad, the chicken contract. So it's just different. I think there's more upside with Carlson and with, just like any investment with more upside, there's more risk. You know, in 1819, Eric Carlson's uh, first uh, full season with the Channel J Sharks, he had three goals and 45 points in 53 games. Three goals. He shot at 1.8% that season. Okay. He, was, he finished 15th in the league in the Norris voting that year. Of course, he won the, no, the Norris back in 14-15 with the Ottawa Senators and in 11-12. So he's a two-time Norris Trophy winner. Three goals on 169 shots, okay, in 53 games. He's played 54 games this season, okay? Now, the Sharks don't have as good a team now as they had back in 18-19. Burns was still in San Jose at that time. He actually has fewer shots on goal through 54 games this year. He's got 140 shots instead of 169. He's got 18 goals. Like it's un and now offense is up statistically, but that is something you need to factor in. He's at a 12.9 percent shooting percentage. Like that well, is, I think the, that's the thing though is like any team acquiring him, I don't think they need him to be a hundred point defensive shooting at that percentage, right? I think you put him on a team with the expectation he's a even a 60-point defenseman shooting at half that percentage, that's still really good. That's still probably, that's still likely a better offensive defenseman than any player, uh, any other team has, right? So um, we're pretty close to it. So Actually, yeah, I think I mean, this, year, Hart, this year, I think we're on pace for six defensemen that are better than point per game. 
Yeah, it's amazing. And then the scoring's up, so that makes some of the comparisons to prior years, you know, a little challenging. Um, you know, like I, I saw your your tweet today on um, Bouchard and Slider, right? And, you know, it's only a year apart, and and just, but you also have different teams, and so there's a bit of a different context. And all those, those con- the context always matters. But Carlson certainly, there's, there's, yeah, there's other point for game players, but the way he's not just scoring but he's doing it on he's been on very limited talent around him yeah Yeah. doing it five on five and his goals expected goals all those ratios are quite good again in context right he's not doing that on a playoff team or even a bubble team right one of the worst teams in the league well and that and 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 for the criticism that would be directed my way in the tweet on bouchard which would be fair bouchard is is being sheltered more than Sider is being sheltered in Detroit. The point I'm making is everybody thinks Sider's one of the best young defensemen in the NHL, and we got a lot of people ready right now, to already ready in this market, including a couple media guys that are ready to punt Evan Bouchard out of town. And I'm like, be careful here. Guys grow and mature. Understand what he is. You, you know, you need four defensemen out of six that can move the puck. He can move the puck. And you, you, you know, with your question about the better value on the contract, again, is Carlson better than Bouchard? Sure. But at Bouchard's current contract for this, the rest of this season, and even his next contract, because he's not having a huge season, he doesn't have to be anywhere close to as good as someone like Carlson. I'm not comparison to Carlson. Yeah. I'm not even. But I'm just saying it's all about the return. Yeah. If he's a at, a at under a million dollars, you're getting great value for him. If his next contract's in the threes or something on a on a bridge deal, you're probably going to get great value for him, right? And so you have to work the roster to get the best. It's not the best players; it's the best like players that related to their cap hit, right? And so I think that Bouchard has a lot of value for the next few years. That's part of the reason why we have you on, Hart. How do people follow you again? <laughs> I follow on Twitter at Puckpedia and go to the website Puckpedia.com. You did a great job supporting Mark Spector's piece on Eric Carlson yesterday. <laughs> Thanks. All right, Happy to th- help. Thanks a lot, Hart. We'll get you out again before the deadline. Thanks a lot. Sounds good. Thanks. Bye. Yeah, it is uh, 1256 in Edmonton. We'll step out. You're listening to Winners Now. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This text comes in on the Ashley Fine Floors text. I'm a big fan of Hart uh, Levine. Second best guest behind Brian Burke on your show, Stoff. Well, we haven't had Brian on for a couple of years. Obviously, he's now with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, Eastern Bias, Elliot Friedman's third. This texter also sent a text out on January 5th saying, Bob, you're wrong. However, somebody who works for the team, you're blind and you won't listen to the fans. I think he was referencing back on January 5th that I said the team was going to finish with 47 to 52 wins. If they win 17 of their final 28 games, uh, they will finish with uh, 47 wins on the year. And um, I'd be disappointed if they didn't finish with more than 17 wins, to be frank with you. They got a, they got a good team. Not a great team, they got a good team. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Mark Spector coming up today at 105 for Aquarian Renovations. You're listening to Winners Now.